Presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for NFL Week 16 of the season. It's felt like a long season, but it's starting to wind down. Now, granted, this is not the week before the week. This is the week before the week before the week uh, before the season ends. So, uh, We'll get into it. Uh, once again, a bunch of COVID stuff is going to creep in here, so it's going to be difficult to really sort of uh, get down and handicap these games. And I think it might be even trickier than next last week because uh, they actually ruled people out last week. This week we're getting a bunch of uh, they might be ready uh, depending on the test before the game, uh, which makes that a little difficult uh, with a lot of might be's, uh, especially some, uh, you know, quarterback situations and such. But we'll do the best that we can getting into week 16. Are you ready to break down week 16 for us? Yeah, I'm ready. COVID, no COVID, doesn't matter. I'm ready to go. All right, let's touch on the game last night, uh, San Francisco, Tennessee Titans. Um, I wouldn't call it action-packed, at least not until about that fourth quarter uh, when, uh, for some reason, the Niners decided to uh, not double-team the only weapon the uh, Tennessee Titans had on the field. Um, but uh, anyway, Titans uh, make a comeback there. Uh, Niners, another tough loss, but a uh, good win for the Titans. It sort of leaves that pressure of the Colts coming up on them. Uh, they pretty much uh, clinched uh, the division there and, uh, you know, a, a playoff spot there. So, uh What'd you make of last night's game? Yeah, I mean, you know, you sent me a text pretty much before the game started asking uh, if if I had any play on any of the uh, any of the of that game, and the only thing that I could text you was the Niners should win, but they'll find a way to blow it. And I had this feeling simply because this is the way the 49ers have been playing all season long. They're actually a really good team they just have an issue where they can't close teams out. So even in victories where, you know, the margin of victory is very, very small. It's usually because they managed to squeak by or they scored just enough points so that the other team wouldn't be able to come back. Uh, I heard some stat earlier today where um, in the victories, Jimmy Garoppolo is like, has like 10 touchdowns and like one interception uh, compared to the losses where I believe he's like nine touchdowns and nine interceptions. So Obviously, that plays a big factor in it as well. You know, Jimmy G's performance is going to determine whether they win or not. But the Niners have had a very, very serious issue as far as closing out games go. And uh, this is one of them that, you know, it came back in and bit him in the behind. And this is one of the reasons why I stress you have to close games out. You have to be able to to put teams away when you've got them against the ropes. And the Niners, they just don't seem to have that this season. And uh, probably one of the reasons why they sit where they sit, because if they were if they had the ability to close teams out, I think we'd be looking at a much different record for this team. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, you see the Niners, and you, you see them like last week, and they're capable of controlling games. But uh, once again, 
uh, you know, I, I think this is maybe the second time in about four weeks. Uh, I, I don't re- exactly remember when that Seattle game was, but, um, you know, the, it, it, it sort of played out the exact same way. They got up about 10 nothing, had control of the game. Now, granted, uh, you know, the offense wasn't flowing and they didn't get out to a huge lead, but 10 nothing versus Tennessee Titans team, uh, you know, without Derrick Henry uh, has really, really struggled on offense. Uh, I mean, you could say they struggled again on offense. I wouldn't exactly say they lit up the scoreboard yesterday, uh, but they couldn't close the game out. And once again, I just think Kyle Shanahan in-game adjustments have just, they don't seem to be there. Once again, you know, I said it in my opening. Uh, why the hell was A.J. Brown still get, being able to get the ball when basically, who the hell else are you worried That's about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you worried about Deontay Foreman getting handoffs in a game you're up? Uh, you know, Julio Jones, every time he takes a five-yard slant route, is grabbing his hamstring. So I, I just don't understand why they continue to not double, triple cover A.J. Brown and be like, okay, the one dude who can beat us is not beating us. It, it just it, it didn't seem like they would adjust to that. And, you know, the Titans made enough plays, got a good win there. Uh, you know, I, I talked about last week San Francisco being sort of a sleeper in that uh, NFC. I still think they can be that because uh, you can see they can get up on teams. They can dominate defensively. They have enough offensive playmakers, but, you know, it's going to be one of these games where they get up and can't close out in the playoffs that uh, is going to cost them. Yeah, if they can't play the fourth quarter like the fourth quarter and continue to play it like it's the first quarter, you're going to keep running into these issues. And even if you manage to get into the playoffs, you're not going to get very far like that. Yeah. Let's talk Tennessee a little bit here. Uh, You know, coming off a couple tough losses, it's really, really hard to judge this team because you you don't know what they're going to be in the playoffs. I'm assuming they try to get Derrick Henry back. I don't know what that's going to be. He's basically missed a whole season, and then you're going to have him, you know, trying to hit carries in the playoffs. Uh, But, you know, can this team make a run in the playoffs? Uh, their defense has improved uh, well enough where they keep them in games, especially here lately where the offense just hasn't been really good. Uh, but do you see this team as a team that can win playoff games, or do you think it's just it's too hard to sort of say what this team is going to be even this late in the season? I'll be completely honest with you. Prior to, the, you know, I, I'm sorry, post uh, the injury to their star running back, uh, I thought that they would be okay. I thought they would find a way to, you know, uh, gut out some some rushing yards to keep themselves balanced because realistically, this team was very dangerous early on the season offensively. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had Derrick Henry in the backfield, which really opened things up for those wide receivers. But then you started dealing with, you know, with injuries to the wide receiver corp. And obviously, you, you know, you lost your star running back. And it seems like they've tried out a few, a few different guys. They even brought in uh, Adrian Peterson in there to carry the ball. Uh, three times, I believe, in one game and uh, didn't quite work out for them. But I ha- I still believed that they had the ability to still, you know, make some serious noise. Um, as I've seen this team, regardless of this win, which was a really good win, and I'll give them credit for. But regardless of this win, when I look at this team now, I see a very one-sided team. And it's one of the reasons why they're struggling so much on offense, uh, because you no longer have that threat uh, of that monster in the backfield. Uh, where you have to watch him 
because he can pass the ball, he can come out and catch the ball, or he can pound it right, in, you know, right into your face. You don't have going up against another team that knows how to close a team out. Uh, you know, one of the tougher teams. get back into things and uh if they play like this against one of those elite caliber teams you know one of those uh playoff bound teams they're gonna run into issues and i still think they have enough talent to win games i just don't know if i trust them as much as i did uh you know even a month ago yeah i i think it'll really depend uh sort of what uh derrick henry looks like i i just think you know, it's going to be hard for a running back of, you know, his size and power to really uh, bounce back off a foot injury, uh, you know, and run the ball the 25 to 30 times he needs to run the ball in a, in a, in a football game. Maybe they can win that first round game. I, I think, you know, it, it's really hard, especially in the AFC, to sort of say who we think's a, a player because uh, I, I think – the first round of the playoffs in the AFC for sure is going to be all matchups. I mean, you can really say NFC-wise, uh, it's going to be all matchups. I, I know we're going to get to your Rams here in a little bit, but there are definitely teams you want to see in that first round of the playoffs, and there are definitely teams you don't want to see in the first round of those playoffs. And I, I just think uh, there's so many of these teams that just haven't separated themselves that it, it's going to be basically just based off all matchup-wise and who gets who and who seems to play who well. Like, uh, I think if, like, the Steelers were to sneak in there, I don't think the Titans want anything to do with that matchup. But, you know, if, you know, a, a team like Baltimore or something sneaks in there, I think they'd love that matchup. So it, it's really, really uh, interesting uh, this late in the season that we have no real uh, teams that uh, I think we can trust other than maybe a, a couple here. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty much been the climate of the season so far. Um, you know, I would say that there's probably, like you mentioned, there's probably just a handful of teams that I feel are probably wor you know worthy of trust um, in the postseason. And, you know, realistically speaking, even those teams can be beat. But, you know, I, like in the NFC, I think about the Packers, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, it, there's just really, really very limited amount of teams that I feel confident enough to say, this team can beat just about anybody in the playoffs. Uh, and that's just the way the season has gone. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into it and we'll kick off with your Packers uh, starting tomorrow at uh, Saturday at 4.30. Uh, speaking of teams, teams want to see uh, make the playoffs and play in the first round would be the Cleveland Browns. So uh, Cleveland Browns at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Packers at home, seven and a half point favorites here. They are saying... Uh, Baker Mayfield, though he has not been cleared from protocols yet, will be cleared from protocols. Uh, I, I don't know how you can say that if he hasn't quite passed a test yet, uh, but they're saying he's going to pass a test. So, you know, whatever. Uh, seven and a half for the Packers here. Forty-five and a half is the over-under. Four is the, uh, you know, first half spread. Twenty-three and a half is the first half over-under. Uh, you know, Green Bay wasn't pretty uh, last week versus Baltimore, but I think that's just more a credit of Baltimore has been able to just play games, and uh, Green Bay did what Green Bay does and gotten wins all year. Uh, basically, I, I think they've been the only team all year long that's been consistent uh, basically from the start of the season to the end of the season, other than that first game versus New Orleans. Uh, Green Bay comes out, but uh, the Browns, 
coming off another loss to uh, Las Vegas last week, keeping Las Vegas hopes al- alive. Um, I-, I don't know if you want to blame it on COVID uh, missings. Uh, I didn't think Nick Mullins played all that bad. And in fact, he let him down to a, a game-winning drive before the defense, uh, which didn't have that many COVID missings, uh, let the Raiders drive back down and kick the game-winning field goal. So uh, seven and a half for Green Bay. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Cleveland? Uh, I, I They're still in the playoff hunt, but I think last week's loss sort of uh, put a, a nail in that coffin pretty good. They got a lot of teams to leap here. Now, uh, first off, I'll hit that uh, analogy you used for uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, which, by the way, for some reason, when you said Baker Mayfield, all I could picture was Johnny Manziel for some reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when you said the whole he's going to clear even though he hasn't cleared. Listen, I used to use the same line back in high school. Uh, you know, when I would tell I would tell the, the young ladies and my friends, yeah, I haven't passed my driving test yet, but I'm going to get my license. Um Obviously, it took a little while longer than that to get it, but, you know, it's the same analogy here. You got to stay confident here, and you have to at least, uh, uh, you know, show some sign of confidence, uh, and and uh, it helps, you know, with the fan base at least to kind of get everybody motivated and get everybody up for the game. But, yeah, I don't know who's playing quarterback in that situation. I don't know if he's going to clear or not, uh, but regardless of whether he does or not, I think that the clear pick here is the Packers. Um, they've been – probably the most dominant team in the NFL this season. Uh, And that's saying something because they've been very quiet. You know, last season, you look at this type of season, Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season, but all you would hear was how great the Packers were, how great they were playing, how Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback ever. And not much has changed when you look at the numbers. His numbers are still there. He's, He's racking up wins. He's putting up big numbers. But you're not hearing about the Packers as much, which is kind of scary. Um, I think they're, they're probably at least in most people's faces, in most people's, uh, you know, minds, they have to be the favorite right now. Um, and this is definitely a good situation for them to get back on track after, I wouldn't say a poor performance, but a subpar performance against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and you know, they're getting, they're, they're still hot. Most teams, you know, I like to talk about teams that get hot at the right moment. The Packers are still hot. They've been hot pretty much all season long, uh, barring a few mistakes here and there. And and they seem poised to really make some some noise in the playoffs. So um, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup just to kind of see if they can get, get back on track. But, I mean, the Packers, man, they're having, they're having a really good quiet season. Yeah. Uh, that seven and a half number would be the thing that would scare me off uh, just a little bit here. Uh, their defense has been... I, I don't want to say bad because it hasn't been bad, but uh, the last couple weeks it, it's been a little bit uh, more leaky than it was, you know, earlier in the year, uh, you know. So, I, I, but I still think uh, when push comes to su- shove and they need to get stops, they get stops. Uh, it, it's just that seven and a half number, um, you know, quarterback wise. Honestly, Nick Mullins, Case Keenum, uh, Baker Mayfield. I, I'm not sure there's, you know, the extreme margin there that uh, <laughs> I'd maybe there's a little gap between Mullins and Baker Mayfield, but I, I don't think it's enough to really, really factor. Uh, the seven and a half would just be where I, I'd be a little scared, but you know, Cleveland going into Green Bay, I, I just. I think Green Bay's the play, but I don't know if I'd want that seven and a half number. I'll tell you what scares me, okay? And it's, do I believe that Green Bay can cover that seven and a half spread? I think they can. You know, they're probably uh, the best team as far as covering spreads this season, in my opinion. 
Um, I just haven't taken them as much as I, as I'd like to because their spreads always seem to be pretty yeah. freaking high. Um, but you know, that, that Cleveland defense gives me a little bit of pause, you know, miles Garrett and those and the company, they can wreck, they can make some noise, yeah. man. They can really wreck your Sunday or, or your Saturday in this, this instance. Uh, and that's probably the only thing that get, really gives me pause. I, I could definitely see a scenario where green Bay is due for a letdown prior to the playoffs. And this just happens to be it. You know, yeah. I could definitely see a scenario where that happens. And I really wouldn't want to have part in that, which is the only reason why I'm not taking any action on this game. But I feel like if I had to, if I felt more, a little more confident in uh, the ability of the Packers to, to slow down that that Cleveland defense, then the, I think the Packers would be the play here. But uh, I'm staying away from it personally. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, uh, Green Bay's the only team that's clinched a playoff spot. Uh, you know, they're, they're game up, uh, you know, both on the uh, Bucks and uh, Cardinals uh, for – you know, home field throughout and the bye. I, I'm curious how important you think that is. I, I definitely think the bye is important, but, uh, you know, last year uh, they had home field throughout and the Bucks went up there and beat them. Now, granted, it, it was a close game, but uh, I wonder how important home field really is in the playoffs. I, I think that buy is important. So I'm wondering if the Packers, uh, you know, close this season out uh, going full bore or start to sort of uh, – you know, hot and cold rest guys to make sure they have everybody ready to go in the playoffs here. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts. You think they're going to go all out, try to close this season out strong, or start to, you know, find spots to give guys a, a little bit of a break here? Well, if you ask me my opinion on how important home field advantage is, I will tell you that I don't think it's very important, especially this season. We've seen it throughout the entire season that home field means very little this year. Uh, with all that being said, though, I still think that they're going to go all out trying to get that, that buy and home field advantage throughout the playoffs because it's a mental edge. Uh, you know, it's maybe it doesn't mean as much, but if I'm going to have a tight, a tight battle against, you know, one of the better teams in the league, I'd rather do it in my home turf, uh, regardless of what the home versus road record might be. Uh, you look at the team like the Cardinals, for example, who were basically undefeated on the road uh, and their losses came at home. You know, home field advantage probably didn't mean as much then, but I'm sure that if they had the choice, they'd want a home field advantage as well. So I still think they're going to go all out trying to get that home field advantage and that buy, but I don't think it's as important as uh, as it has been in years past. Yeah, uh, I, I think more than anything, it, it sort of guarantees you a win in that second round uh, matchup. You saw it last year when the uh, Rams came in there to face the uh, Green Bay Packers. They were just sort of, they were beat up, they were worn down. They didn't have a whole lot of chance in that game. So I think it helps you get to that AFC championship game. Uh, you only have to win one game at home coming off a bye. It, it sort of favors you. I, I don't know how much it helps you truly in the conference championship game. I think that's by that point, you're both playing teams who can win on the road and you know, it doesn't really factor all that much, but to play devil's advocate here, we have seen it several different times, uh, especially during the playoffs is when you really tend to see it. Sometimes the buy isn't always the best thing. You know, guys get cold, guys get sloppy. They, they, they aren't running their assignments properly. And the teams that you really see take it all the way are usually the teams that are fighting from the moment the playoffs start to the Super Bowl. Um, we saw with the Giants several years ago, you know, when they were facing off against the Patriots, they came in as a wild card team, basically an underdog pretty much for the whole playoff uh, run. 
and they made it all the way ended up winning the Super Bowl. So we've seen both uh, sides of the coin here. Uh, but I think that if t- if teams were given a choice, I think they'd obviously want a buy in home field advantage. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, uh, let's move on to our next game. And uh, speaking of uh, teams uh, who we don't believe in, we, we gave them a little boost a couple weeks ago, but I, I think we jumped off. We were, we were grasping on the bare, bare end of that, uh, you know, bandwagon train. And I, I, we, think, I think we were just holding on to those tail feathers. And, uh, and we, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, we dropped off, uh, pretty quick. I think we're both, uh, fully off them now. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, go to the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are favored by one point here. Uh, 49 points is the over under half point, uh, on the first half line to Arizona. 24 on the first half over under here. Uh, I don't think you could have, uh, Two teams probably going in more of a different direction here uh, than the Colts and the Cardinals. So, of course, as I push you to really ride the Colts here, it probably means the Cardinals are going to win by 40. Uh, but uh, the Colts <laughs> getting plus one here. I, I don't think I could turn this up from what I saw from Arizona the last uh, really two weeks. Uh, starting with that game uh, versus Los Angeles uh, and then going into that game versus the Lions where uh, that wasn't even a close game. The, the Lions basically dominated that game uh, from the start to the finish of the game uh, to the point where they pulled Kyler Murray. They said it was for injury prevention, but uh, I, I know was, why it was. Yeah, I, I have a little injury prevention and he was playing like crap. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think we both said last week we wanted to see what this Arizona team would be like uh, without DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field lining up next to A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. And uh, I didn't like what it looked like. And, uh, you know, I I told you earlier in the week I was looking for uh, uh, can Arizona make the playoffs? Yes, no uh, prop. They they don't have one, (laughs) but they still have a win total of 11.5 over under. And the no on 11.5 is plus 145. So uh, I – put a nice little helping on that one because I think they're going to struggle to win two more games. I, I think they might go winless the rest of the game and really do think there's a – it's a minimal shot, but a shot they might miss the playoffs here. So uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on uh, Arizona before we get into Indianapolis and their uh, win versus uh, New England uh, last Saturday. I mean, you basically hit the nail on the head with your analogy. That's exactly the way I was going to open this up. You know, one team's hot, one team's not. Uh, and that's just the, the you know, the, the basic truth of the whole situation is the fact that the Cardinals, whom everybody was praising, everybody was, you know, glorifying and crowning uh, as the, the, next, the next big thing, they've really fallen down to earth. And it's only taken a couple They're of weeks. They're very good in very September weird. and October. Yeah. And <laughs> listen, this is not the first time they've done this. This yeah. is not the first time that they've, that they've I'm not going to say folded because they still have a good shot at not only winning their division, but locking themselves in a good playoff spot with a home field game. So uh, I'm not going to say that they, that they folded, but we saw this last season as well, where they started off really hot. They looked really good, looked very promising. And as the season progressed, they really started falling off. You start to see the insecurities uh, with, you know, with the quarterback, with, with Kyler Murray's game. Uh, once things don't start going his way, he gets very pouty. Um, as a Ram fan, obviously I love to see that. But I, I really thought that losing DeAndre Hopkins wouldn't be such a drastic uh, issue for them. 
because we saw them play well when they didn't have Murray and they didn't have Hopkins. They even missed Green in one of those games, yeah. and they still played well. Um, but, you know, Jared Goff, man, the Redbird assassin, uh, he, does this, he does this to the Cardinals. He's got a pretty good record against them. Now, albeit, to be fair, uh, that's usually because he's with the Rams and Sean McVay, and they they had the Cardinals number. So that's not – it's a little bit, a little bit uh, as they say, it's a little diluted there. But the Cardinals here, I don't know. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I still think they have a really good shot at winning the division. But they really got to pick it up because the Rams, whom, you know, probably a month ago, you know, back in November, we were all uh, – we thought that the Niners might leapfrog the Rams and it was going to be uh, Cardinals, 49ers, well, Rams. I think if they hadn't of- blown the game yesterday, I'd still <laughs> have a half inkling. <laughs> But and listen, they still the ball. The ball's on their court. You know, yeah. it, it, they basically hold the future of their season in their own hands. All they got to do is win. You win out, and you win the division. Uh, obviously, it's it's a lot. It's easier said than done. And they've got a pretty tough matchup here. Uh, the Cardinals have been struggling pretty much over the last few weeks uh, at stopping the rushing attack. And what do the Colts do really well? They rush the ball really well. Uh, so this is definitely not a recipe for success. But I do think that if a team could find a way to win, uh, barring their weaknesses and all, it's the Cardinals. Uh, it's just I have no confidence in it. So me personally, I'm jumping on the Colts on this one. I think the Colts are the smarter play. Um, as I said a little while ago, they're hot. The Cardinals are not. And that could very easily turn around. But I think the Colts probably wanted a little bit more here. Yeah, I, I think you, uh, you know, I, I'm not always with everybody and going with everybody's thought on betting, but here, uh, sometimes you just got to do uh, the smart thing here. And from what I saw last week, uh, you know, the Cardinals are just, I I just, honestly, I don't think they're going to win a game to close out the season, which, you know, you saw last year. I think they, they would have lost like seven straight uh, to close out the season, but they hit that fluky Hail Mary uh, versus Buffalo. And they're on the same sort of trajectory here. So I'm riding all Colts in this one. Uh, before we go to the next game, I will say uh, Rams plus 145 on the division bet here. Uh, would that be something you'd jump on or you you pull him back a little bit? Oh, no, that'd be something that I would jump on. Not be That wouldn't be something that I would suggest anybody else jump on, and I'll tell you why. You look at the remaining schedule for the Rams here, for example, this week, people are overlooking the Vikings, especially when I look at, at this line, the Rams being favored. I understand that the Rams are the favorite, you know, the, the better team on paper, but realistically speaking, the Rams tend to struggle with very physical teams. And by physical, I mean, guys that are going to, teams that are going to pound you in the, you know, in the face, they're going to rush at you. They're going to run the ball 25, 30 times a game. And that's what this Minnesota Vikings team is going to do. Now, I can definitely see a scenario where the Minnesota Vikings, oh, obviously we'll get, you know, I'm we'll get getting to into this game before we get into the game. But yeah, uh, I think that there's definitely some juice there. I would take it as a Ram fan because um, it gives me a little more incentive, but I wouldn't suggest anybody uh, else really jump on that one simply because for issues that I'll get into uh, once we get into the Ram game. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I would also look into the parlay of uh, the under uh, 11 and a half for Arizona. Uh, Rams win both at plus 142 team that up. Uh, that's almost like a eight to one, nine to one uh, uh, victory there. And uh, you probably can't have one without the other. Uh, if the Cardinals are going 12 wins, I doubt the Rams are, you know, passing them in the division there. So, uh, you know, you sort of got two plus 140s in there to, as a nice little parlay uh, to put together, too. So uh, definitely look at that. But uh, our first one on the mutuals, we'll go with the Colts at uh, plus one and uh, just hope everybody makes it there healthy and uh, maybe continue with the trend of only letting Carson Wentz pass 12 times a game. <laughs> Yeah, that would work. I think they'd have a great game if that's uh, the final stat line. Yeah, I can't wait till we get into the playoffs and we have to take the like eight game in a row winning Colts and Carson Wentz in the first round of a playoff matchup. Yeah, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, the Detroit Lions, uh, coming off that big win here, go to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this number is six and a half uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh Sadly, uh, the Falcons won again last, uh, so they're still in our playoff fund here, uh, funny enough, um, and they have the Lions coming to them, so uh, we can't get rid of this team quite yet, uh, six and a half, 42 and a half on the over, under three uh, on the first half line, 21 and a half on the total here, uh, I, I do think the Falcons win this game, as uh, great a story as uh, that random Lions running back rushing for 120 yards, that uh, honestly, even I had to look up and had no clue who in the hell he was, Uh uh, I, I don't think that's coming again, even versus this Falcons team, but uh, I don't take the Falcons as touchdown favorites here. Uh, no Jared Goff uh, as well. Uh, granted, that's not a huge loss, but judging by the Lions' uh, backup quarterbacks, it is. It's a huge it's, loss. It's quite a <laughs> drop-off, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, no touch in the Lions here, but uh, definitely no touch in the uh, Atlanta Falcons as touchdown favorites. So if there's any team that would uh, blow a game to uh, a bunch of guys who won't be on uh, NFL rosters in the next two to three years, it would be the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, handicap this one for us a little bit. Listen, you know, the smart move here is obviously to take Blackout the Falcons. Sharpie. You're looking... <laughs> yeah, that's the smartest move. But the smart move here is obviously to take the Falcons. You're talking about the Detroit Lions team that struggled all season long uh, to get wins, both uh, on defense and on offense. They've struggled, you know, at different different times in the season. Uh, and now you're talking about them losing their quarterback, uh, and I believe he's got he's under COVID protocol. I believe. Yes. So we saw what they looked like when he's he under missed the one. That then game. he's not coming back. I, I think he was a for sure out. Uh, poor golf. I feel bad for him. But listen, if 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 the Lions had the uh, the Red Bird assassin. Now, I know the Falcons aren't really red, but, you know, their logo is red and black. So it, it kind of fits in here. If they had the Red Bird Assassin, I think they had a shot at least to cover their spread. But without golf, we've seen the Lions struggle and struggle mightily. So uh, I don't think that you want to jump on this on either side of it. I don't trust the Falcons. Um, and the Lions, you can't take them, especially now without Jared Goff. So. I think this is a hard pass. Yeah, this is a hard pass for me uh, as well. But uh, 
It's going to be fun watching the Lions close out this uh, season. I'm highly curious if uh, they're going to end up uh, with more wins than any of us uh, even dreamed of in life. Uh, but we'll move on to a, a really, really uh, big-time game. Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, it wasn't pretty, uh, but the Bengals uh, won it uh, 15-10 uh, in Denver uh, last week. I think I put you on uh, myself on suicide watch with you as I was watching this game and uh, watching these two teams play uh, football. But uh, anyway, got the big win, got some uh, extra money in my pocket for the Bengals win, but uh, not the uh, prettiest of games. But uh, uh, Baltimore, I, I don't know what you could say. Uh, this line tells me Lamar Jackson uh, not playing. Uh, getting plus three. He hasn't practiced all week, so I'm assuming he's a no-go uh, pretty much. Uh, but Huntley has shown that he he's a solid enough backup quarterback. They've been right there in their last two games here. Uh, this one's pretty much an elimination game. Uh, whoever wins continues on in their playoff hunt, and uh, whoever loses probably is uh, pretty much done for here. So uh, where are you going here, Bengals minus three uh, at home here? You know, I'd really like to lean towards the Bengals here. And simply because I've supported this team basically all season long, um, I've thought that they've been playing really good football for a really young team. And I thought they had a really high upside. With all that being said, uh, you know, even without Jackson, I feel like, as you mentioned, I think he's done an outstanding job filling in for the quarterback and making plays and putting his team in a position to win games. Uh, most of the times we're talking about backup quarterbacks you're talking about the potential for a detrimental situation, then putting the team in a bad situation. That hasn't been the case with him. He's done a pretty good job at managing the team and keeping him in a good situation. Um, it's a really tough game. As you mentioned, big, big playoff implications in this matchup. And I, I like I said, I'd really like to lean towards the Bengals here, but I don't know why I've got this weird feeling like they're not ready yet. And they know it and they know it deep down inside. And it's one of the reasons why you've seen this huge drop off over the last, what, six weeks. Um, and even though they've been playing better after that skid where they, they lost a couple of games, they're still not at the same level that they were uh, when we were giving them high praise. Um, and I don't think they can get back to it. I think that it's probably a little too late in the season for the play for me here. I, I'm really worried about, you know, it's such a close, it's such a close spread, it's such a close matchup, divisional rivals. I don't know which way I'm leaning. Like I said, I would really like to lean towards the Bengals simply because they have most of their guys ready to go. But I feel like the Ravens are that team that can definitely spoil your Sunday, uh, especially when you bet against them. So I'm personally, I'm taking a play here, but I will be watching this matchup closely. Um, and for the record, I believe your exact words last week were, I can't believe I'm forced to watch this bad football. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, it's something along those lines. So, uh, But, yeah, I'll be watching this game uh, very closely. I think it's going to be a really good matchup regardless of who's playing in it, simply because, just because of the implications, the playoff implications. Yeah. But as far as making the play here, I have a hard time really picking one. So I, I think I'm going to be a pass on this one unless you can somehow sell me here. Well, uh, I, I mean, I think you summed it up, and th this is one of those, do you trust analytics or do you trust sort of uh, 
wherewithal and just the ability to find ways to win games because, uh, you know, uh, the Bengals seem to find ways to lose games. Uh, I mean, even last week they won the game, but uh, they, they were the much better team and dominated, you know, three-fourths of that game. And, you know, Drew Locke drove down and, and basically put the uh, – Broncos ahead, and it took the Bengals to come back and have a last uh, second, uh, last minute play to uh, retake the lead. So, you know, even something like that, you know, we talked about the week before with the Niners, where they dropped two punts, uh, you know, the bad clock management at the end of halftime. And, and then you got the Ravens, who are decimated with injuries, but uh, they, they just find ways uh, to one win games and one keep themselves in games. So it's like, do you trust the stats that the Bengals are the better team here? Which I, I believe the Bengals are the better team here. But honestly, I really want to take this Ravens uh, getting three points because I, I just I feel like the Ravens are going to end up being the one that ends up winning this division. Somehow, some way, the Ravens are going to be the one who come out on top be, between the Bengals, Browns, Steelers, and Ravens. I, I just feel like it's going to be the Ravens. And I think getting three is a, a really, really good gift. But I, I, I can't I can't give you stats that say we should take the Ravens here. They have a backup quarterback in there. Uh, they're playing guys who weren't even on their roster in their secondary. Um, you know, they have running backs who weren't on their roster at the start of the season playing running back. Uh, but, you know... They were a two-point conversion away from uh, beating the uh, Packers. They were a two-point conversion away two weeks ago from winning. Uh, really, uh, they were a two-point conversion away from uh, tying the game versus Cleveland. Um, maybe if we didn't go for two-point conversions every week, because uh, we, apparently we aren't good at running plays, or at least not good at hitting Mark Andrews in the hands on plays uh, to convert those two-point conversions. But uh, uh it's just a gut thing that I take the Ravens plus three in this one, but I don't know if you want to trust that because my numbers all tell me to take Bengals here. Yeah, I mean, I think the eyeball test tells you to take the Bengals here simply because just just looking at the injury report. But again, I've got that gut feeling that the Ravens are going to find a way to stay in this game, not just stay in this game, but stay stay within it so much that they they'll have a good shot at winning this game, and that's the part that gives me pause. Um, it, it, I don't know how confident you are in this and in, in your gut feeling about the, the Ravens here, but I think that if it's over 50%, I think we should probably mark it down at least as maybe in our column. Well, let's put the Ravens down as our, our second one for now. And if we find, uh, you know, uh, one that's better than it, uh, we'll go back and, uh, probably knock that one off. Uh, but uh, I, I just I, I kind of like them getting three here uh, versus the Bengals, uh, sort of in a in an elimination game. I think the Bengals are going to come out and be a little nervous, and the Ravens, you know, uh, basically are in big time games all the time. So I, I don't think they'll be nervous uh, overall, and uh, I, I think they're sort of due for a win. They had that stretch where they were winning all their close games. Uh, then the last couple of weeks, they've lost all their close games, so it's sort of balanced out. And I, I'm figuring this one will be another close game, so maybe they uh, grab the win here. Uh, we'll move on to our next game, uh, the aforementioned Los Angeles Rams, who we touched on a couple times. Uh, sort of found their mojo back. Uh, 
I, I wouldn't say all the way found their mojo back. The first half of the uh, Sunday night game was not exactly a thrilling experience. Uh, luckily, uh, you were in snooze town and didn't get to watch uh, the first half of that one. Uh, but uh, minus three for the Rams going to the Vikings. Delvin Cook is out, but uh, they've said... Uh, once again, we're in the uh, Alexander Madison should clear protocols by Saturday. Uh, so Madison will be in there. Uh, once again, that drop-off is not quite as, you know, huge as you'd think. Madison's, I think, gone for 100 each time that uh, Dalvin Cook has not been there. Uh, 48 and a half on the first half uh, over under one and a half for the uh, half uh, line and 23 and a half on the first half uh, over under on that one. So Rams coming off a, a nice win uh, versus Seattle, sort of uh, righted the ship there with two division wins. Uh, Minnesota uh, has stayed plucky enough. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to say it's always pretty, but uh, they've kept themselves semi-relevant here uh, with a, a nice win uh, versus Seattle and the, uh, the win versus uh, Arizona there. So uh, seven and seven Vikings come in there. Uh, we'll see if they can continue their trend. But uh, what are you feeling in this minus three? I, I was sort of a no-go here uh, just because it, it just seems like a difficult game. I don't like the the minus three for the Rams going on the road here coming off uh, two big-time division games. You know, I'll tell you what gave me pause when I was looking at this matchup. You know, I, I think that minus three is a fair assessment by Vegas yeah. here, um, especially you know, when you look at the teams on paper. The Rams are obviously slightly better. Uh, the record's obviously better. But when I look at this Minnesota Vikings team, this team has the ability uh, to really cause issues for the Rams. The Rams have issues, as I was mentioning a little, a little while ago when we were talking about uh, the playoff implications. The Rams have issues going up against physical teams, and by physical I mean teams that – are going to pound the rock. And even without Cook, this Minnesota team has the ability to use Madison in the same way they use Cook and just pound the ball. Um, the Rams have the type of defense that bends and doesn't break, you know, but you have some big stud wide receivers on the outside, which Jefferson and Thielen. Um, you have a really, really good backup running back, not to mention the fact that your offensive line, uh, you have a bunch of studs that, uh, you know, when it comes to run blocking. And you have a recipe for disaster there. So I'm not going to take any action on it. I think this game's too important for me um, as a Ram fan personally. Um, and seeing how the Rams do against a, a very explosive offensive team. Um, very telling for that defense. If they can really shore up as we get you know, into the closing, uh, into the closing portion, a portion of the season. Wide receivers from getting open down deep. Um, and if they can, I think that it bodes well for them. Uh, and in the postseason, but this game right here is going to be very talented. The Rams actually have a couple of tough games left. Um, and, about game styles the type of style that these teams play um it fits perfectly to go up against a team like the rams who here uh i think the smart play would still be to take the rams here but uh, it definitely gives me pause going up against a team that has the ability like i said 
to pound the rock straight into your face. Yeah. Um, before I move on from there, I just, just election. Uh, I think it's not a big shocker, but I don't think we've talked about Cooper Cup as much as he probably deserves to be talked. He's currently um, uh, categories that are important, uh, receiving touchdowns, receptions, and yards. So he's done a really good job this season. He's had a really good year. Um, and Matthew Stafford, you know, that November, it really stuck in the minds of people, didn't it? Because he got snubbed. I think he got snubbed for a Pro Bowl selection. Uh, you look at his numbers, and he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and even, uh, you know, a passer rating. So that November really screwed him over. But I, I think that he got snubbed in that Pro Bowl. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think <laughs> I'll pass on the Pro Bowl snub. Not that I care about the Pro Bowl one bit. Uh, oh, you know you do. Uh, I see you got your tickets. Not to mention uh, – 15 guys will pull out. So I, I'm sure Matthew Stafford will, uh, unless, of course, they make it to the Super Bowl. But, but uh, listen, I was going to say, uh, if I see no Rams in the Pro Bowl, <laughs> it's probably a good thing for me. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned it, Cup. Uh, at least he got a little MVP buzz uh, this last week. Now, uh, if anybody's paid attention to the ward uh, ever, there is a. Uh, Basically, the last 20 years, there is no chance that a receiver uh, is winning it. I, I think a guy could go for 20,000 yards in a season and they still give it to some quarterback. So uh, uh, do you think do you think it gives him a little bit more of a chance if he somehow manages to actually pull off the triple crown? Uh, I. I, I think because the uh, quarterbacks, uh, nobody's run away with it. I, I think he'll at least uh, get a couple votes, um, which, you know, would be probably success uh, considering last year, Derek Henry rushed for 2000 yards and didn't get any. Uh, so I, at, at least I think Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor, you know, both will get at least votes this year. Uh, will they win? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it probably depends how much the uh, uh, voters hate Aaron Rodgers at this point, but uh, uh, really if, if you start to stare at his numbers, uh, there's, really no way to sort of work around it that it probably should and will be Aaron Rodgers. Though I, I think if you voted for Cup or Taylor, I, I'd be more than happy to lean that way, especially since those guys have had hell of a year. And Aaron Rodgers basically has had the same year he's had uh, every year of his career, pretty much. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I think what Cup's done has been outstanding, especially uh, now that he doesn't have Robert Woods even on the uh, other side of him, granted he has Odell Beckham, but uh, 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 might be more popular. But uh, I think at this point in time, Robert Woods probably the better player. Uh, so I, I think this one probably a cross off. I think if it went to two and a half, I'd be a little more bullish on the Rams here, but that three number and it's trending uh, up because it's three at minus 120. So uh, by game day, it'll probably be three and a half, four. And I just. Now. Uh, he's back. Uh, you know, I think that probably, I don't know how much game, how much uh, of the field he'll actually see, uh, especially the way that, um, you know, Sony's been running the ball. He's been, Doing pretty well, actually. You know, he's uh, surprised me. Uh, but Cam Akers coming back, I think, is probably huge, especially if they manage to snag a postseason uh, berth. 
Um, now you can now you have three backs who are capable of uh, of gouging uh, defenses in different different styles. So um, a good plus for them. They're getting they're starting to get healthy again. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if they activate uh, Acres or not. It'll probably, uh, you know, depend how healthy Darrell Henderson really is. I, I'm curious, you know, uh, how healthy Acres really really will be as well you know uh, the one injury I, I don't like is the Achilles tendon injury especially for a running back but uh, it at least probably give them some depth and another pass catcher you know out of the backfield uh, if they get in the playoffs and they do activate him it'll be interesting to see uh, for sure uh, about that uh, next up uh, probably the biggest game on the AFC side of things uh, Buffalo Bills New England Patriots uh, Patriots uh Probably had their worst game in, uh, you know, about six weeks uh, versus the Colts. Uh, Bills got the win. Uh, it wasn't pretty, uh, but they got the win. Um, Bills two-point uh, underdogs here, so Patriots minus two, 43-and-a-half. In the first half, uh, uh, in the game line, uh, first half line minus uh, half a point to the Patriots, 21-and-a-half in the first half over under. Uh, I, I really don't know what to expect uh, from this game. You know, I, I want to think the Bills will bounce back, but uh, I just don't like what I see from them, basically. I, I will say uh, the last couple weeks, Singletary has gotten a handful of more carries and looked pretty solid, but I don't know if he can do that, you know, versus New England. So uh, I, I'm curious what your thoughts and how you're reading this game. Uh, two points for the uh, Patriots here. You know, I, I very, very desperately, badly want to trust the Bills because I want to take the Bills here. But you know, I've done it. I've done it pretty much. I feel like at least a few times after losses and after poor performances, where I've put my trust on on the Bills here, and, and then they come out and they play very flat, and they don't look like the Bills team that we thought we were going to get this season. Um, I don't know what happened. I know that they started the season off really slow with that big loss, um, but then they racked up probably about four games straight where they were just completely dominating teams. Uh, and we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that Bills team that has not shown up. I, I want to say that the Bills want this game more, but when you're talking about a Bill Belichick coach team, uh, he's such a good coach that I, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't get his guys up and pumped for this game. Um, I think this is going to be probably one of the bigger matchups here in the AFC uh, as far as playoff implications and seedings go. So it's really important either for both teams here to pull off a win. And I just can't make up my mind. Uh, I know which way the wife is leaning. She's definitely. But I, I don't know. What, I really want to take the bills. I really want to take the bills. I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, uh, we can't factor your wife's thoughts in this one. I think it's a biased selection, and uh, the Patriots could be favored by 20, and I think she'd still want to ride the bats in this game. So uh, we'll knock her uh, uh, thought process on this one out. Uh, this is a really, really interesting game because, uh, it, you know, uh, whoever loses – Puts themselves in a in a scary place playoff wise. I, I think the winner probably has pretty much control of that division. Uh, you know, you don't want to say full control, but you know, one of them will go to four and one in the division. One of them will go to three and two. 
it, it's just whoever loses this game, you've got the Dolphins right there on their heels. We'll get to that game. It, it looks like they might get a, a freebie to get to 8-7. and seven. The Patriots still have to uh, play the Dolphins uh, here, uh, you know, to close out the season. So, you know, you win this game, you put yourself in a good position. You lose this game, you know... Uh, Depending on tiebreakers, now the uh, Patriots have a couple more of the tiebreakers uh, overall than the uh, the Bills do. But uh, right now, the Bills sit out of the playoffs. Uh, so it's really, really, with the Bengals, Colts, Chargers, Steelers, we still have to throw the Raiders in there. Uh, the Dolphins especially, uh, with the fact that, you know, there's a now upward chance that they win that game versus the Saints, which I think both you and I probably thought that was where we're getting a loss here and there for the Dolphins. Uh, It's just really, really hard to sort of knock one of those teams. And I'm with you. I really want to take the Bills, but uh, I, I just can't trust them. Even off last week where I thought maybe they go back to where they put it on, uh, you know, a, a team, and, and they just didn't do that. Uh, they got, I will say they got out to a lead and, and sort of were safe and secure and protected the lead, but it, it just looks like they're struggling on both sides of the ball, uh, confused with what they want to do uh, overall. So uh, it, it's... I, I want to take the Bills, but I think it would probably be best just to watch this game and uh, see what Buffalo Bills we get. And if they get hot, maybe we ride them in the playoffs uh, and see if they can sort of find their form that they had last year. Yeah, and I mean, listen, this is not exclusively uh, um, an ideal situation for the Bills. This is an, a, an ideal situation for any team. If you're going to get hot, you know, there's a couple teams that are hot now, but if you're going to get hot this is the week to do it. You know, we're a couple of weeks out from, uh, you know, the final game of the season. This is when you want to start putting things together. This is when you want to put your best foot forward and, and really come out and, and do your best to dominate teams. Uh, because we've seen it time and time again, teams that get really hot towards the end of the season are usually the teams that make, uh, have a lot of success. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, Let's go to our next game here. This one's an interesting one. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, favored by five last week. Uh, We both were on that one uh, pretty easy. Turns out Urban Meyer is not worth the uh, four points uh, that uh, he was fired about. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars still sucked uh, last week, and... uh, I have to say, uh, once again, watching these two teams the last couple weeks, uh, I'm a little stunned the Jets are only favored by one and a half here at home. Uh, 41 and a half on the total, uh, half point uh, on the first half, and 20 and a half on the uh, over-under first half total. I got to say, New York Jets, I I like here. Uh, Again, last week, I watched them play. The offense looked uh, even better. It looks like they're improving. I wouldn't say greatly, but every week it seems like they're getting better. And every week somehow it looks like the Jaguars somehow get worse uh, from what we saw. So I I was stunned this number was this low at one and a half. Uh, Once again, I like the Jets here uh, at one and a half. I think they're the better team. They're at home and I think their offense is starting to find a a nice little rhythm there. Yeah, listen to Jets fans. 
I know it's been a very disappointing season, but you have to crawl before you can walk. You have to walk before you can run. And this team has shown flashes on defense to, to you know, at least give you some hope that there's potential for them to be good in the future. And the offense has not been horrible. You know, you look back a couple of seasons when you had uh, – I, I already forgot his name, uh, the – the well, Carolina you better get used to it because he's uh, going to be taking snaps for Carolina this week in a dual season. I know. I, I, we haven't I know. gotten into that conversation of death, but, I was, but it's coming. I was hoping. Yeah, I knew it was coming, so I was, I was trying to brace myself for it. But, Sam Darnold is the name you're looking for. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, listen, that office looks so porous when he was under center. Uh, you know, not, not that it, it was always bad. You know, he had his moments, but – at least now the Jets offense look like they could put up points and it might not be enough points to win games, but you know, they're going to be good for something at least. Uh, so it's an improvement. And as I said, you have to, you have to crawl before you could walk. You have to walk before you can run. Uh, so it's, it's a good time for Jets fans that the team is at least making strides and improving. They're looking more and more like an NFL team. So um, I know that's not much, you know, much of a, a a pick me up here, but it's something, it's something to hang your hat on. And um, I think this is a game where they'll come out and they'll, they're going to show the Jaguars that as bad as people think the Jets are, they're still not as bad as the Jaguars. Yeah. So uh, I'm taking the Jets in this one. Yeah, me too. I, I think that's, I, I'm taking the one team I've seen show progress against the team that uh, somehow seems to get worse every week. Uh, so I, I'm riding that Jets minus one and a half on this one. Uh, speaking of a team who no longer shows progress and uh, Jake Fromm taking over at quarterback here. Uh, I don't even know really how to handicap this one. Uh, I can pretty much tell you I'm not taking the Philadelphia Eagles minus 10, but uh, there's no way I'm taking the New York Giants uh, who are just a uh, probably bordering on the level of the Jaguars at this point in time. So uh, 10 for the Philadelphia Eagles, 40 and a half over under five and a half on the uh, first half line, 20 half on the first half over under here. Um, if you got something in this game, uh, the Eagles uh, looked really good last week. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen this game before. It was also versus a decimated uh, Washington, you know, football team who basically had, no one on either side of the ball in the game. Uh, but, you know, I, I just don't know how to handicap this, but I, I don't want 10, and uh, I want nothing to do with the Giants. So I'm just – if you got something in this one you see, I, I'm curious. Listen, the only thing I got <clears> – <throat> the only thing I got for you here is that I think everybody knows that the Eagles are a much better team here. Even with all that being said, I can't take, I can't take the Eagles at plus 10. Uh, we're, we are now officially in the stretch of games that some of these spreads are going to be a little too high for me. The um, next one's fun. Yeah, but uh, I just think a 10, regardless of the opponent, um, you're talking about a team that as good as they've looked, they've also looked pretty poorly, you know, at certain weeks. So I'm not going to say that they won't cover here. I, I could still see a scenario where they cover. Uh, but I'm not going to put any money on it. I'm not putting my money on the Eagles and hoping that they uh, beat this decimated uh, Giants team into submission. I just can't see myself doing it, so I'm going to be a pass here. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'm looking forward to is Eagles play Cowboys in a, a week or so, and that will be a, a good test to see where the Eagles actually are. Uh, 
this one I, I'm just an automatic cross off, and uh, this next one, I'm also a, an automatic cross off. Uh, but I am going to hammer the Carolina Panthers. But uh, first, we'll get into the game. Tampa Bay Bucks coming off a, a shutout loss uh, to the New Orleans Saints. Um, now, granted, their defense looked solid, I will say. Uh, they only held the Saints to nine points. But 10 again on the road here versus Carolina. 42.5 on the over-under. Six uh, on the first half total. 22.5 on the over-under first half. Uh, Godwin out for the season. Fournette's out at least to the playoffs. I They activated Antonio Brown. I, I'm i assuming he'll be in the game, but uh, Gronk looks a little banged up, so I'm not touching 10 on the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, but uh, nothing, nothing can give me to take Carolina basically the rest of this season. Uh, and uh, their new strategy of splitting duties between Cam and uh, Sam Darnold uh, is basically insanity. Uh, one, neither can throw the football, so I don't understand this splitting of time. Uh, I could get it if one of them had a cannon for an arm and didn't throw it, uh, you know, inaccurately to the other team, but uh, both of them throw it inaccurately to the other team. Granted, Sam Darnold's can go a little further, but it doesn't go to anybody in particular. Uh Honestly, I think at this point, Matt Rule is trying to get himself fired and get a giant paycheck on a buyout because uh, what the Carolina Panthers have done the last four weeks is basically coaching malpractice. And then uh, what pees me off even more is then he comes in his press conference and blames the quarterback uh, for not playing well. Uh, hello, we've all watched Cam Newton. We know he's not a good quarterback anymore, so why the hell are you playing him? So give me something sure he, on this. I'm pretty sure he was in the room when they were talking about re-signing Cam. So I'm sure he had some say in it. But listen, he, as I mentioned earlier, if you're going to get hot, this is last week. Uh, you know, we expect him to do big things. I had him in my parlay to beat the Saints. Um, listen, that's not a big deal. Yes, you're banged up. You're dealing with injuries, but not just that. They were a team with a lot of continuity. You know, they were bringing back the exact same team they had the previous year. Points, regardless of how bad the Panthers are playing, regardless of how poorly coached they are. I can't see myself taking a 10-point spread just solely based off the fact that you're dealing with some injuries, divisional matchup, and it's concerned, but this is the right game for the Bucks to get back on track. Yeah, uh, I think they'll get back on track. I I, I think looking further, um, what do you think of the Bucks uh, right now? Do you think they still... How how much separation do you put the Packers uh, from the Bucks? Because I I think that was you know Packers probably a, a solid one right now. I, I think everybody would still say the Bucks are a two, but I, I'm curious if you put them more in that uh, you know pack with the Rams, with the Niners, you know, with theoretically Arizona and you know a couple of those other teams in there, or do you have them more closely up there with the Niners even after what you've seen the last couple weeks? 
You meant the Packers, I'm sure, yes. not the Niners. Not the but, Niners. Yeah, I think that – I think I have to be realistic here. And regardless of what, how they looked last week, the Bucs are still a really good team. They still have the GOAT under center. They've got a lot of weapons on the outside. They've got – you know, you said Fournette's out for at least one week. That's that's fine. They can manage for a week or two without him. Uh, they're still well, very well-rounded team. You saw that the offense couldn't do anything last week. But that defense is still on point. Yeah. And they haven't been playing great, but they step up for certain games. So I think the Bucs are more closely to the Packers than they are to the rest of the NFC. But I think with these injuries, the gaps closed a little yeah. bit between both parties. So uh, I, w- I wouldn't put it past anybody being able to beat the Bucs, but I still think the Bucs are favored here. Yeah, I, I think it would still be um... – Nobody I'd want to see in the first round if I was the NFC, uh, especially if the, a couple of their guys uh, can get healthy. But uh, we're a blackout on this one. I can already tell you I'm a blackout on the next one as well. Uh, Chargers, 10.5-point favorites versus the Houston Texans. Uh, sadly enough, I think Davis Mills might be the second-best rookie quarterback Uh you know, uh, he throws for a lot of yards. He throws it to the other team a lot. But uh, 10 and a half, uh, 46 on the over-under, 5 and a half on the uh, first half over-under, and 23 and a half on the first half over-under on that one. Uh, Chargers 10 and a half just is a no-go. Eckler's banged up. Um, Keenan Allen's a little bit banged up here. Uh, I, I think the Chargers sort of uh, secured a nice little spot uh where as long as they don't do anything too stupid, uh, they're probably going to get in the playoffs here. So I, that 10.5 number has me a little nervous, but uh, with the firepower and the quickness that the Chargers can score, and the, uh, well, the Texans really have no reason to play football, so if they get behind, I'm not sure how much they're really going to be into it. So I'm just a no-go on this game. I'm curious if you have a feel one way or the other on the uh, Chargers-Texans. No, I, I'm also a no-go, but I do feel that, the, you know, the play here would probably be that first half line uh, for the Chargers at minus five and a half. Um, as you mentioned, the Chargers bring a lot of firepower to the table. And, yes, they do have some guys that are kind of banged up. But seeding is still important. And, you know, you're talking about a very, very young team uh, with a lot of talent and a lot of uh, a very high ceiling as far as uh, the talent level is concerned. I think that they still try to – you know, manipulate situations to give them a boost of confidence. Um, so I think that if I had to take anything here, it'd probably be that minus five and a half for the first half. Uh, I think that they have enough firepower to uh, really give it to Houston here and uh, and cover that spread for the half. But again, I'm not taking any action on this game. I'm a no-go. Yeah, also their coach is a freaking nutball. He goes for fourth downs uh, a little too often for my comfort, and I don't want to be on the first half line when he decides randomly to go for fourth down on his own 20, <laughs> up to nothing, and then hands the ball over. Uh, so that's going to be fun in the playoffs, I can tell you. <laughs> I hope have... he doesn't do that at the playoffs. Oh, I, I think this guy's crazy enough to do it so uh anyway we'll we'll pass up on that game and uh we'll go to a next game that uh pretty much both teams eliminated uh from the playoffs so uh i don't even know really how to handicap this one uh bears at seahawks uh seahawks six and a half point favorites 42 and a half on the over under here three and a half uh on the first half uh uh, number for the seahawks 21 and a half on the uh first half total 
Uh, we're getting into that point where some of these games have basically no bearing on the season. Uh, this is one of them. I, I I don't even know how to handicap this one. You got probably the better team in Seattle, but uh, you know the Bears have you know a young quarterback, so they might be more willing to you know press things there at the end. So uh, I, I'm just curious if you have a play on this or if this is uh, we don't watch meaningless football games and we certainly don't gamble on them. Now, listen, I, I, I'm not going to take any action on this game. Uh, I don't feel like the implications here are important enough to warrant me, you know, wanting to watch a Seattle Seahawks uh, Chicago Bear game. But I will say this at plus six and a half or eight, what is it? Six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half. I, I think the play here is believe it or not the bears. Yeah, I and know. I have that feeling too, which listen, is and, and probably, I love Russell Wilson. Okay. I, you know, and this is coming from a guy that's in the NFC West. I love Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson to me, he's, he's, he's a superstar. Uh, obviously he's a superstar, but I mean, I mean more in the sense of, this guy's magical, man. He can make things happen when thing when you aren't expecting it. He makes things happen. Um, all that being said, I heard this crazy story. So I was driving to work last night. Uh, I, you know, I pulled an all nighter at work, and I listened to talk radio, and they're talking about the Seahawks, and how a healthy Russell Wilson would have been a different outcome for the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, how. He was healthy for most of the season. Yeah, and I, this is. I, I I don't understand. I think he has think a worse that, record than Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, I think Geno played okay in his absence, and you know, I think a lot of times as NFL fans, especially the more casual fans like myself, we get really lost in the aura of some of these players, um, and you know, we start to put these guys on a pedestal, and we figure that, you know. The only reason they they're this bad is because this guy's not getting the help he needs. The only way they're the only reason they're this bad is because this guy was out for two games. It's a 17 game season, right? Three games is not going to make or break you, believe it or not. You know, yes, it'd be nicer to have those three wins, but guess what? He's been he was in the in in like he was actually healthy and playing for most of the season, and they still have this outcome that they have. There's something else going on in that locker room, and it goes beyond. Uh, the X's and O's. I think this has something to do with the front office and player personnel, which I won't get into right now because neither team is good enough to actually warrant this conversation. But I will say that if if I really wanted to to put some money on this game, I'd lead more towards the Bears here getting six and a half. Well, I just said we shouldn't gamble on it, but I I, I I'm a little bit on the Bears here as well. Uh, we we need that uh, defense, man. I, they, I, they can get after guys. And I, I think Fields, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's great, but uh, he's starting to put up some numbers. And like I said, this game is meaningless. So it's more likely the Bears go after it and get, you know, guys their numbers. I Do we dare grab the Bears on the road plus six and a half in Seattle here? Man, that's scary. But listen. This is, this is your show. This is your game, man. If you're down for it, I'll ride with you. Uh, we'll, we'll go down together. But All uh, right. Number four. We're going to put the oh. plus six and a half on the Chicago Bears here. To, to I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm forcing you to watch this game because I'm not turning it on. What is this, an afternoon game? Yeah, it's the four o'clock. 
Okay. Okay. I think I could do, I could I could do that for you. All right. Uh, next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites, and uh, probably don't look now. Um, basically, we probably could have ignored doing shows for the first sixteen weeks of the season. Come back and. Uh, the Chiefs and the Packers are the two teams who are probably favored to go to the Super Bowl here. Uh, nonetheless, the Chiefs starting to look uh, good. They still aren't uh, what I'd call an explosive uh, offense like they've been in the past, but uh, their defense has been much, much better. Uh, that front line of Frank Clark, Melvin Ingram, and uh, Chris Jones ha- has been ridiculously good. Secondary short up, not given as many plays. And uh, really, the Chiefs are, are smartly uh, just taking what they're given, uh, running the ball when they have to, making completions when they have to. And uh, if the explosive plays there, they, they usually take a shot and hit it. Uh, so... They seem to be back, and really, if you ask me a favorite coming out of the AFC, uh, I'd probably lean right towards the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, nice win last week. Uh, honestly, if I was picking a coach of the year, I, I swear I'd pick Mike Tomlin. Uh, to have this team uh, where it is and completely what it is, uh, basically Big Ben threw for 140 yards and Najee Harris rushed for 18 yards, and they somehow managed to win a game uh, 19-13. Uh, so whatever coaching magic he has, uh, he has. Uh, but uh, I, I can't take the Steelers in this one. I just see no way they're going to score. If you prodded me, I, I you probably could talk me into taking the Chiefs eight and a half, but you you know how I feel about taking those big numbers. So I, I'm curious your feel on this one. Listen, this might come as a bit of a shock. The Chiefs offense is not playing this, you know, to the level that we are 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 you seeing from them. But luckily for them, their defense has really stepped up over the last two months. And you're talking about a couple months ago, we were talking about the Chiefs potentially not even making the playoffs. You can thank uh, the Packers how, for that. A-Rodge. Yeah, that's how poor, <laughs> that's how poor uh, the Chiefs were playing. Um, their defense has really stepped up their game. Now, they're not playing lights out by any means, but they're playing well enough to, even with mediocre offense, they're in games. I think that we're due for a bit of a letdown. And I think that if anyone's going to cause it, it's going to be Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Um, you know, their suffocating defense, I think it's going to cause a lot of issues for this Kansas City team. Yeah, I still think Kansas City's a better team, especially on paper. But what are they getting here, eight and a half? Yeah. I don't want to spoil my individual picks here, but I like the Steelers here plus eight and a half. Yeah, I I think we'll probably pass on this one here, uh, and just uh, I, I must say I, I I've become a little love with these Steelers because I mean their offense is it borders on Jacksonville Jaguar levels, and somehow they're they're winning games, they're winning football games, and really, uh, you know, they're one or two wins away from being in the playoffs. I don't know if they can pull it off because uh, they close with a very hard schedule, the aforementioned Chiefs, and then you know a couple division opponents. So I don't know if they can pull it off. But honestly, what Mike Tomlin has done. 
uh, has been ridiculous. Now, it's probably speaking to, uh, you know, the rest of the coaching in the NFL that if you have any coach who is similarly good at coaching football uh, can drag a team who basically has no offense whatsoever uh, into playoff contention. But, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't really want the Chiefs at eight and a half, but uh, I just I can't grab the Steelers in, in a game where – I'm not sure they can score six total points. I, I don't. I don't blame you. Trust me. I don't blame you. This is this is me going with my gut. Uh, and again, I'm not advising anybody to take this one, but I, I think that the Chiefs are due for a letdown. And if you're going to have a letdown, I'd rather have it right now as opposed to a couple of weeks yeah. later. Uh, last question before we move on: uh, Do you have an AFC favorite, or do you think it's probably the Chiefs here? Listen, I want to I want to be behind the Chiefs I, because they've been the sexiest team to pick over the. You got Kelsey, you know, big tight end who could, who makes big plays, and not just that, he's also really good at run blocking. Uh, they've lacked the, you know a little bit of a run game over the last couple of seasons, and they managed to get by regardless of it. But this season, it's really come back to haunt them, and. I can't pick them as favorites. I, I can't. I want to, but I can't. I just feel like there's too many holes that I've seen from this team this season to lead me to believe that they can somehow uh, manage to plug each one of them and get through uh, without an issue. All right. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, this one should be an interesting one. I, I'm curious which side you're going to take because uh, I don't know which team is showing up. I do know Drew Locke is quarterbacking one, so I lean the other way here. Uh but, smart man, smart man. But I don't know if uh, we have enough bold gumption to go out there and grab them because uh, last week they played well, which probably means they're due to lose by 50 uh, this week. Uh, but the Denver Broncos uh, go to the Las Vegas Raiders. One and a half points uh, for the Raiders. Our favorites here, 41 and a half on the uh, total for the game. Half point in the first half uh, to the Raiders. Uh, 20 on the first half total here. Uh, I, I must say... Uh, you know, I, I tease the Raiders a lot, but that was a gutty win last week, and everything that's gone on there uh, to for them to still, you know, be in contention here uh, is is really a ridiculous. They could have packed up shop, you know, a handful of times coming off losses, and they still they they fight and they get wins. So, uh, you know, Denver. Uh, I think we both think uh, their record's a little shinier uh, than what their team is. Uh, I kind of like Las Vegas here at minus one and a half, uh, especially with Drew Locke uh, playing quarterback there. Um, so I, I'm curious your handicap on this one and uh, what you think. I, I think this one's another one that's also a playoff eliminator. You know, if somebody wins, they keep themselves in the mix. Whoever loses probably falls out of the pack there. I, I really have no no feel for this game. And, you know, I, I want to take the Raiders, but as you mentioned, I feel like, as soon as I do, they're going to turn into the Raiders that I thought they were going to turn into after the whole fiasco happened with them. You know, if any team has dealt with adversity this season, it has to be the Raiders, both on the field and off the field. They've dealt with just about every issue that a team could deal with in a season. Um, and yet somehow they're still in the conversation for a playoff spot, which uh, is really weird. But I think you have to give them kudos. I think you have to give the, the coaching staff some kudos here. They've managed to keep this locker room united regardless of all situations that they dealt with all the different uh hurdles that they've overcome 
and I really want to take the Raiders because of it. But as I said, I, I, I had the feeling that at some point they were going to melt down. And yes, we are towards the basically end of the season. It could happen at any time. So I, I'm, I'm a no-go for this game. I have no Now that Drew Locke's quarterbacking, so uh, I'm gonna stay away from this game, and, and I'll probably just check out the final. Yeah, I want to take the Raiders, but it, it's probably best to move on past that one. We'll see if we can get our fifth mutual in either of these. Uh, I, I'm curious if he, Washington goes to Dallas. Dallas is a ten and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, Washington still. It's hard to say. They said Heineke's going to be back, uh, you know, so maybe it's there. These two teams played two weeks ago. Uh, you know, it was that game where Dallas dominated and then somehow almost coughed it up, which is sort of becoming rhetoric uh, all the last six weeks of the season. Uh, 46 and a half on the total, six on the first half, 23 and a half on the first half total here. Um, you know, this Dallas team is winning, but I, I don't think I could trust them to cover 10 and a half. They did cover that number last week, but once again, I, I didn't think that offense uh, looked great. Uh, it, it hasn't looked great basically since about week six. Uh, I don't know if Dak's hurt. I, I just don't know if it's not clicking, but I'm not taking a 10 and a half Dallas, but I, a part of me wants to take the 10 and a half number on Washington, but I just don't think they're healthy enough to really uh, – aggressively grab the 10 and a half on this number. I'm curious what uh, you feel on this one. Nail on the head. Uh, that's exactly how I feel. I have this game picked uh, with a contingency attached to it. You know, I think that if Heineke plays, I think that we're looking at a much closer game. Um, you know, you said earlier when we were talking about how the Packers are the one team that's clinched a playoff spot. The Cowboys have actually clinched a playoff spot as well. Yeah. Um, it happened last night with the Niners loss, but you know, I, I, this is not the same Dallas team that we were talking about, you know, six, seven weeks ago. Uh, they've definitely offensively, at least really taken a, a nosedive here. Uh, they don't seem to have any consistency. I don't, as you mentioned, I don't know if the quarterback's hurt. I don't know if Prescott's hurt or not, but, there's something going on there. Things don't seem right, and it gives me a lot of pause here. So uh, I'm not taking the Cowboys here. Um, if Heineke somehow plays, I think the play here is to take Washington, who actually has something to play for, um, and you're also getting 10.5 points. So um, if Heineke plays, I think the play here is, is the, the Washington football team uh, plus 10.5. But, again, this is if he plays. If it comes out to a game-time decision – I'm a little less likely to take it, but um, either way, I, I don't think I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. Uh, and if Heineke is a game time decision, then it's a no go for me. Yeah, uh, I, I want to take Washington, but I, I think there are better uh, picks here. We'll we'll move on to the next game. Uh, see what you think about that one. If you have a, a play one way or another in that one, and then we'll. We'll see what we have. Uh, we need one more pick here uh, to see. The next one is the New Orleans Saints and the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins go to New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is getting two and a half. Uh, both uh, Tyson Hill and uh, 
Trevor Simeon are ruled out for this game. Ian Book theoretically is going to start. Uh, but honestly, I, I'm a little nervous because they both tested positive uh, for the virus here. Uh, and Ian Book was in the same, you know, room with them. So I, I don't know if we're going to get a last minute. They did sign Blake Bortles, uh, you know, uh, uh to fill a roster spot uh, the Saints did on Sun or the other day. So he has a chance to probably play. He hasn't been in the room. Uh, but the Dolphins got a decent win versus the Jets. I wouldn't say it was pretty, uh, but no Jalen Waddle in that game. They had a lot of COVID things. They still have a lot of COVID, you know, up in the airs in this game. Honestly, I really want to take the Saints here, uh, plus two and a half. I think that defense can shut down the Miami offense. But, you know, not knowing the quarterback situation, and honestly, if you told me Bortles was going to be the quarterback, I think I'd be more confident than Ian Buck, uh, a fourth-round rookie who I didn't think was a very good college player. So I, I just don't know what to do here. My Gut tells me to grab that two and a half for the Saints and watch this defense shut down the Dolphins. But, uh, I, you know, it's hard to do when you don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback here. So I'm curious your feel on this one. I'll tell you what my opinion is. My opinion here is um, you take the Dolphins. If this was a three-point spread, I, I think um, I'd be leaning more towards taking that defense of the Saints and hoping that they completely shut down this Dolphins offense. But with the fact that it sits at two and a half, that a field can actually cover that spread for you, I think the smarter play here is to take the Dolphins. I think that uh, as good as that Saints defense can be, I don't know where they're going to get their offense from. I don't think that Kamara can handle, can single-handedly take this team, put it on his back, and carry them to a victory offensively. So I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins here at minus two and a half. I, like I said, if it was three, I'd lean a little more towards taking the Saints. But at two and a half, where you can cover that spread with the field goal, you know, with the kick of the foot, I think the smarter play here is to actually take the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, the thing I think would be a good bet uh, is the under on this number. I know it sits really low at 37 and a half, uh, but, you know, I, I think if you just look to last week and the uh, Saints game, uh, nine was the uh, total. I, I'm not sure it, it's going to get much higher from that. You, you're basically saying this is going to be 2017, it'd probably have to be 2020 to hit that over number. I'm not sure the Dolphins can get to 20 on the Saints defense, and I'm almost 100% sure there is zero chance the Saints are getting to 20 points in this game. I don't care who's playing quarterback, because uh, basically there is going to be one player who touches the ball, and uh, I'm guessing the Dolphins could probably work out that uh, – Shut down Alvin Kamara. The Saints aren't scoring. So even at 37 and a half, I think the real good play here is the under on this one. Because my guess is it probably drops another point or two by game day. Yeah, you know, I actually hadn't given that any thought. But, you know, now that you mentioned it, it actually does seem like the much better play. Um, If that's something you want to roll with, where are we at, four right now? We're at four. This would be our fifth. Yeah, if that's something you want to roll with, seeing as how this is the last game of the slate, I believe. Um, I'm down to go with that also, but whatever you want to do is fine with me. All right. We're going with our fifth mutual, the under 37 and a half in the Dolphins Saints game. So we're going to have the Indianapolis Colts at plus one over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we're going to take the, uh, 
Baltimore Ravens at plus uh, four and a half over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we're going New York Jets minus one and a half over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we're going Chicago Bears plus six and a half uh, versus the Seattle Seahawks. And lastly, the under Dolphin Saints at plus. 37 and a half. So that gets rid of our mutuals for the uh, week. What do we got on the individual best bets of the week for us? Uh, for the individual picks, I have four, five with a contingency. Oh my, five with a contingency. All right, uh, you start us off here. Okay, for my first game of the week, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts at plus one over the Arizona Cardinals. Well, this is fun. Indianapolis Colts plus one for me as well. So uh, it's a mutual and it's an individual best bet of the week. What do you got for us next? Uh, here's my contingency play here. Uh, I've got the Washington football team at plus 10 and a half with the contingency that Heineke plays and he's not a game time decision. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one up is the New York Jets at minus one and a half. For my next pick, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers plus eight and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. My next one up is the Chicago Bears at plus six and a half for me. My next one is going to be the Miami Dolphins at minus two and a half going up against the New Orleans. I got the Las Vegas Raiders at minus one and a half versus the Denver Broncos. And let's see, last pick of the week here. I've got the New York Jets at minus one and a half going up against the horrible Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, so a fun slate of games for us both. That does it for the week. We'll be back next week. Everybody have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right, that's our show, and we're out. Thank you.